People, 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 listen, this is Philosophical Talks. I am your host, Karim Medley, and this week, <laughs> listen, I don't mean to drag it so early in the episode, you know, but if you think that you are moral, are you really? And a lot of us even think that we're very ethical people. Who, me? Listen, I'm the most ethical, morally correct person you can find. <laughs> but are you really? No, like, really, really, really. Take a minute and look at it, you know, people. You think you ethical and moral? <laughs> we'll find out by the end of this episode. So, what I want to present to you, you know, is a little scenario. And in the back of your head, I just want you to think. Do you think about other people before you make decisions? Are your decisions primarily based upon are they good for other people? How will other people benefit from your decisions? How, how will your decisions affect others? You know? What are we ought to do? Hey, that's the question, you know, ladies and gentlemen. Or do you live by a set of morals, values, just a set of principles where you say, listen to me no man, John. I am not going outside of my principles, my morals, my values. <laughs> so you're going to have to find another man to keep up the foolish with. <laughs> I'm just jesting, ladies and gentlemen. But on a real note, though, how do you go about making your decisions? Are they really based upon how they will affect other persons? Are they based upon what you ought to do? Or is it that you are just set forth? You stand up in your morals then, you say you're not moving. And your morals are your set of principles and values that you live by. And you say, listen to me, no man. Come high, come low, hard as hard, and not moving, and not shaking. I am standing firm in what I believe. Because what I want to present to you, as I said earlier in the episode, you know, is this week we'll be looking at a little scenario. Uh, somebody really, it was taught to me recently. And, and I looked at the situation, you know, ladies and gentlemen, and, and I'm saying to myself, I had to really sit down and, and, and look, at, uh, look at it, you know, and say, what have I been doing? How have I been making decisions all my life? You know what I mean? Um, I just get up and I just say, okay, I'm going to do X and Y. Sometimes they're with, you know, um, the intention to say, okay, it is going to affect somebody this way. Okay, let me not do it because I don't want to offend the person. Because for me personally, and this is just us talking before we get into the little scenario that I have for you guys. Because personally, the type of person that I am, if I care about somebody, I don't necessarily want to do something that is going to hurt them. You understand what I mean? However, sometimes, because of the principles that I live by, some things just have to be done. Will they be hurtful to you? Maybe. But is it something that I ought to do? Yes maybe so i have to do it you know what i'm saying so i don't want us to, to say that we're not moral or we're not ethical beings because i can switch between my decision making so 
today I can decide that okay I'm going to make ethical decisions but on another day I can say okay I'm going to make moral decisions but I mean who really wakes up and, 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 and says hmm I wonder how I'm going to make decisions today you know I feel like we just wake up and we just make decisions or at least some of us <laughs> I can hear some of you saying listen not me you know I have my whiteboard and I get up and I check off my moral and I check off my ethical <laughs> and I say okay today is the moral day tomorrow is my ethical day and I just make my decisions uh, so <laughs> yeah man so I mean I do have that in a but for those of you who are very very meticulously calculated individuals I hand it to you hats off to you ladies and gentlemen <laughs> So the simplicity scenario that I have for you guys today is it was one that was as I said recently taught to me um, and it just made me reanalyze how I think about things and how I assess situations and make decisions and that is what I'm going to ask for you to do this week reassess how you make decisions really look into it sit down for probably about 10 minutes and say self let's have a talk it's been a minute how do we really make decisions self? Are we smart about these things? Are we just go after them? You know what I'm saying? So the scenario is you're on a boat. I mean, don't worry. And you won't be getting seasick. You won't be there for long. <laughs> uh, so you're on a boat with about 10 people. And this is this is not the exact situation but i'm just pivoting here so you're on the boat with about 10 persons your ration can only suffice for about six so you need to get rid of four persons or find a way to stretch the ration so you've been through all the scenarios all the calculations and the ration cannot stretch because if 10 persons stay on board with only rations for six, you might have persons who end up starving or everybody gets less than they were supposed to get. And I mean, come on, we're Jamaicans. We want our full meal. We love our belly. <laughs> we're little, but we tell our. The little wasn't for our belly. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So, I mean, just really, you have 10 people on board, but you can only feed six. What are you gonna do? So the man of the hour speaks up and he says, Listen, we need to get rid of four people. Everybody starts to whisper, hmm. This one knows who I'm going to kick off. But it's not just a his decision or a him decision. It's not just his decision to make. You understand what I'm saying? It's a consensus that everybody or the majority has to come to and say, Okay. We're going to get rid of four persons. So everybody decided that, okay, this might be the best choice. As long as I am on board, you know, I don't really care who gets kicked off. <laughs> I can hear some of you saying that, you know, listen. Listen to me, you know, Stephen. As long as I'm here, I don't care who leaves. <laughs> uh, so, there's a prostitute. There are some twins. A doctor, an accountant, a lawyer, a pastor, a teacher, the list goes on. A thief, 
and so the hour comes down when the decisions have to be made who are we going to get rid of a baby could take up a lot of time a lot of food and the time that the, the, the person takes tending to that baby could be spent paddling the boat could be spent steering steering the boat to carry us the land what are we gonna do decisions 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 if the thief stays he might steal all the rations and none of us get any what good is a prostitute she's just a prostitute you know what i'm saying so i'm not going to decide for you now ladies and gentlemen i am going to leave that scenario to you and what i want you to do is as I said, just take some time out this week, sit with yourself and say, self, let's make the decision. Who are we going to get rid of? Because I want to hear from you next week. Or what you can do is you can either leave a comment down below who it is that you would see, you know, sayonara. <laughs> who would you see be thrown off and why? Because when the scenario was, you know, place to me and i thought about it i wanted to get rid of the thief um the prostitute one of the twins could go for me we don't need to we, we have we have we have one one is good enough but when ladies and gentlemen i heard the backstory it made me wonder who am i you know it, it put me in a, a state of self-reflection it made me reanalyze and reassess how I made my decisions. Because you really don't know a person until you know their past. You don't know their story. How did they get to the place that they are when you met them? They possibly weren't always like that. You understand what I'm saying? And so that's why I'm asking you. When you make the decision this week, don't just comment the decision that you made. Tell me why. I want I want to I want to pick your brain. I want to know why you made the decision that you made. Because for me it was go big, go home. This is survival. I need to survive and I need the best possible persons on that boat with me. But sometimes outlook is deceiving. Because not because I wear a posh suit and I sit at the highest office in the nation means that I'm a good person at heart. The very low life that you may walk by that you may walk by on the street could be the most genuine, kind person you ever meet in your life. Whereas your boss is a viper, but your boss wears a suit, three-piece suit, well knitted sweaters when the time is cold to keep him or her warm a string of pearls around her neck diamond earrings in her hair a nice golden wristwatch on his wrist but he's a viper jobs outward appearances the cars we drive the house we live in that doesn't determine who we are but that's what society tells us it's all about the outlook but ladies and gentlemen we really don't know somebody until we know their past and i don't want to keep you any longer this week i can hear you telling me kareem shut up you're talking too long <laughs> so i'm going to leave you just with this thought how do you think 
How do you process? What drives your decision making? Tell me about it in the comments. I want to hear about it. So thank you for coming to Philosophical Thoughts. Thank you for coming to Philosophical Talks. Thank you for sharing in Philosophical My people, my people, my people. Welcome back to Philosophical Talks. I am your host, Karim Midley. And this week, we're going to start with our question. You ready for it? Irrational or you sentimental? What do you think? Let's put it on the scale. Rationality, sentimentality. Which one do you pick? <laughs> I know that for me personally, I like to think of myself as a rationalist. Some days. Some days it's more sentimentality for me. But let's dig into it. Because I didn't and I found it interesting because when I thought about ethics, I always I didn't think there was room for sentimentality. I thought it was rationality through and through. You know, because when we talk about sentimentality, you know, we're talking about feelings. How we feel about the effects of a certain thing. Alright, then I'm not going to do that. At least in my perspective. For me, it's about rationality. It's about reasoning out the rationale of something. Like, how reasonable is it to do this? Is this the reasonable course of action? What is So you, you, you sit down, you look at the pros, the cons the in-between and you decide is this the reasonable rational way of moving forward but there are days when sentimentality will have the best of us you know and we act on our feelings we say hey i don't really want to lean with reason today now i just really want to act upon how i feel and we do it sometimes and that's why, that's why I guess um, sentimentality is a part of the process. You know what I mean? Like sometimes we wake up, we don't really feel like going to work today. Um, maybe it's the end of the week, or maybe it's the middle of the week, or probably it's the beginning of the week. And you're saying, you know, Sunday too close to Monday, <laughs> and you decide that hey, you're going calling sick, even though you're probably not sick, but you just feel like you need a day. You just need one more day to yourself. Is that the reasonable course of action? Maybe not, because when you take that day, you're cutting away at your own pay. You replace at the end of the month, so it's probably not the most reasonable course of action. But you feel the way you feel. And you feel like going to work today is just a drag. Is it morally the right thing to do? Sentimentally, still tell you yes. Rationally, still tell you no. What which voice are you going to listen to? <laughs> so yeah, I was gonna want you to start there and just you know set the stage. Cause a lot of times 
we think we we aren't acting morally because we have not made the reasonable decision but you are sentimentalists still tell you that morality has nothing to do with reason but how you feel about the effects of a certain thing how you feel about the effects of the decision that you make so but you see i want you guys to just put that in the back of your mind you know i want you don't get lost you know if you haven't listened to the episode last week go ahead and listen to last week's episode because it's all going to make sense very soon so yeah don't put what we learned last week or the thought process that i left to it last week too far because it's gonna come in handy in the next couple of episodes so i want to get into something a little sticky i might say in my opinion because of how different but similar um ethics the ethical code ethical language ethical standard (laughs) whatever it is that you may call it how similar but how different it can be culturally and that's something that and i remember um my teacher she was saying to me you know my lecturer she was saying um one of the first things that she told us when we started is come with an open mind and i don't think i fully did that because in my mind ethical standards ethical principles the code of ethics whatever you call it i thought it was universal it was just one stand standard standalone stand on its own set thing but is it we're about to find out so the african caribbean chinese tibetan buddhist uh we're about to find out just how different or similar your ethical standards or principles how similar and different your code of ethics is interesting isn't it so i want to start like this i guess because i found these two particularly interesting because i do have friends that come from different parts of africa and china i don't want to say i was going to say chinese guys but i it's china
now before we jump off so yeah before we jump off of the you know asian chinese ethical principles i want to look at confusion doctrine i apologize if i'm pronouncing that wrong um but i want to read this for you so it covers the emotional attitude towards kin which is your family relatives and a more distanced attitude towards strangers now there are there are people who will show strangers and I find it so I find it interesting because alright so I'm Jamaican as you guys know and if I am on the road and I see a stranger in need personally I feel inclined to help that stranger whereas let me not use that example let me say it like this I've seen where I don't know if you guys know people who I'm sure you know people who are babies how you treat your child and how you treat somebody else's child is different and i'm somebody from an inner city community so there are always children running up and down where i live and i've seen how parents will lash out and be aggressive with their child but become cool and collected with somebody else's child now let that sink in for a moment you see the difference in how we live, in how our ethical standards are sometimes. Now, granted, this may not be the standard Caribbean ethics or the Caribbean ethical standard, but I'm just saying, I just wanted to show you guys, you know, the disparity, the differences. So, yeah, let that sink in. Now, <laughs> where my vegans at? If you're vegan, I think this one is for you. <laughs> so let me just read this part first before I even let you know which one I'm talking about. The view that animal life and human life is even more so. We should refrain from killing animals, adopt a ding 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 vegetarian diet, renounce all forms of violence and live in harmony with nature. Let's hear some applause. Let us hear, listen. Hello. And if you guessed it, if you guessed India or Buddhism, you were right. So yeah, we're talking about Indian and Tibetan Buddhism. Now, once the mind reaches a very high degree of spiritual development, the rules are transcended and one acts spontaneously for the benefits of others i don't know guys i feel like we could spend all day here <laughs> but i see 16 minutes on the clock and i don't want to keep you guys for more than four more minutes so just bear with me but yeah so you know indian and tibetan buddhism their ethical standards oppose lofty and demanding ethical values but recognizes the need to adapt these values to the conditions of the real world. No, I don't know if you if you looked outside or turned on your TV, but the place is kind of salty these days. There's violence here. There's violence there. There's violence here. There's violence. I sin, honey. 
we need some Buddhist rulers <laughs> that are gonna say hello. <laughs> Let's stop killing our animals <laughs> and put on our weapons and live in harmony with nature. And if I might add, with each other. <laughs> um, so yeah, I like this. You know what I mean? Um, so if there if there's a case where killing and violence seem almost unavoidable buddhists have offered guidance on how to act appropriately and realistically of course in such situations without abandoning compassion it's, for, let me finish reading this though before i even if without abandoning compassion and loving kindness that form the basis basis guys the foundation the bedrock of the buddhist approach to ethics listen i have two more minutes on the clock but compassion and kind loving kind why do we think that we can't solve we, we can't solve situations with these things like why have we abandoned them hello listen i'm about ready to pack up and go to um india yeah and be a buddhist because hello they be spewing some facts over here now let's talk about what nano man has, nano behavior, and I have nothing about him, and she not have nothing about she, always them dirty. If you guessed it, <laughs> we're talking about Caribbean ethics. Lol. Um, I mean, for me personally, I went to a school where I was taught about Garvism, so sometimes I will lean on my Garvist ethical principles and beliefs but that's just me so um you know we have our rastafari moral codes that's your life the da 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 if you guessed it i tell man <laughs> so you know garvey is basically saying that success is not an individual effort but a group undertaking success requires thinking as a collective rather than individual. listen i love this listen to this one one god one aim one eight. why can i say it again one god one aim one destiny no one of the things i remember from garvey'sing that it taught me is that it taught me how to be a team player that was one of the big things it taught me how to be a team player i cannot do everything on my own Nah, it's a group effort. You know what I'm, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, I don't know, guys. But all I'm saying is, <sighs> one God, one aim, one destiny. Let like that sink in. Now I hear my producer telling me, Kareem, <laughs> you've been over the clock. Eight times up. But I just want to say thank you guys for tuning in this week because listen, <laughs> we are winding down. But um, I have something special for next week. It hits close to home for me. So I'll see you next week. And thank you, thank you for coming to Philosophical Talks. Have a great day, guys. Thank you.
believe Ganga is a god. I don't believe in this thing. Get out of my face with that. At the end of the day, they still can say that no, some things are wrong. And they just need to around it. So, at the end of the day, they're still right and wrong. I'm saying so you may can argue the fact that oh, creation isn't necessarily proof of a creator which kind of doesn't make any sense to me because if you can believe that what we breathe in when we go is oxygen well yeah it's oxygen and you can't see the oxygen that you're breathing in, nor can you see the carbon dioxide when you go, so we go, we get oxygen, and we go, we get carbon dioxide, you can neither see the oxygen that you're taking in, or the carbon dioxide that you're emitting out, but you believe with every fiber of you that you just took in carbon dioxide, I mean, you just took in oxygen, and you breathe in, and you just release carbon dioxide, and you so, why isn't creation proof of a creator? But, I leave it to the anti Because I won't. I won't. <laughs> because I am neither. I do believe in that creation so that was it for this week guys just ponder on that God is goodness at his face so whatever comes from him can only come from a place of goodness and with that fact as the underlying factor that means that
welcome back to philosophical talks now this week remember when i told you do not put what we've been discussing too far behind in your mind because this week is about to come full circle with a hint of you know the usual drag <laughs> so welcome back as i said you know i'm your host karim medley and this week we're gonna get into some subject track yeah is morality subjective are ethical standards subjective no before answering that question think about what we did last week where we talked about the different cultures their ethical um, and moral standards and how they live ethi- by ethical means like how they live ethically no do you think that ethics and morality are subjective so for me personally when I went through this segment of ethics it made perfect sense to me because in starting I thought that yo I want standard you understand what I'm saying like right across the board this or these are the ethical standards that people live by this is what morality is through and through right through yeah this is what morality is but i began to realize that different societies different cultures furthermore different people have different ethical and moral codes that they live by therefore ethics morality it is subjective no moral subjectivity a concern that people have different things that they care about and so sentimentalism may result in relativism so remember when we talk about sentimentalism last week you know, you know about the ooey feelings that we have and how they you know weigh into the ethical and moral choices that we make and how sentimentalism When we talked about last week, where Africans, it's about heart, whereas the Chinese, it's about what you ought to do, your duties. No. Alright, so what I want to say is, alright, so in Chinese, Chinese, Chinese ethics tells you that it's not so much about character. So a person's character isn't so they don't have to up Chinese people necessarily wouldn't have to uphold an ethically right character quote of errors basically however they take their ethical standing it is ethical for them to do what they are to do so their character doesn't draw from their ethical and moral compass that's not where it draws their duties are directly linked to their moral and ethical responsibility. It is their moral and ethical responsibility to carry out the duties that they're supposed to. They ought to live that way because it is their ethical and moral responsibility. Whereas in Africa, that is not the case. 
therefore that's basically what moral sentimentalism is saying right different people different cultures different things they care about different morals and ethical rules therefore morality is subjective because what is held in high esteem in the african culture is not held in high esteem in the chinese culture therefore the africans african the african ethical way of living would not be the chinese ethical way of living therefore the african ethical way of living is subjective in the chinese um, diaspora because what is not subjective to them but what is mandatory is the chinese ethical way of living which has to do with one's what one ought to do so morality ladies and gentlemen is not universal and to understand morality you have to understand it in the context of its use and it is only in that way that we can weigh and evaluate the actions taken because you can't you can't be in a chinese society and evaluate an african's ethical actions based on chinese ethical principles that would not be basically painted a scenario, right? He said, if you're walking on the road with your relative and a stranger, so you don't know, so, you know, a lot of people are on the road, not really know, because of COVID, hello, <laughs> um, but you're walking on the road with, let's say, your sister, and you end up walking at the same pace as another young lady, beautiful young lady, seems upstanding, whatever, you're walking next to both of them, so you're in a Something is happening. Something is about to happen to both of them. Right? Where are you going to say? Your relative? Where the stranger? Let me paint it in a different way. So you've been kidnapped. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. You've been kidnapped. The kidnappers bring it to this aquarium looking place and they tell you, you know, whatever really you want, we just want you to decide who's going to live and who's going to die. You know, that's that's not the choice that you always have to make. Man. It's funny because I've always, I've always had this recurring dream. To this aquarium looking place, and in the water there, there are some sharks, and there's a relative, and there is somebody that is a friend. So you're not my relative, but you're a friend of my friend. Oh my I think that it is my moral duty to do something, then I'm going to be morally driven to do it. So, 
is so my thought process as watching his paintings is that he's saying what is going to benefit the most people. So he's basically leaning towards What is the great what 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 action leads the greatest towards uh, what action will have the greatest benefit or what action will have the what action towards have the greatest benefit? So you know that leads me you know to thinking separately, you know, building from my generations. Well, and I'm where I see a stranger, then a stranger can come and find me over cancer or Ebola or that they're taking is morally wrong and unethical if they're going to take the money that they have and give it to poor families whereas not pay back the rich thief who they borrowed from. I mean they're rich already and he's a thief but there's a poor family that's the need you understand what I'm saying so he's saying that we are psychologically affected by the pleasure of being a and as such that's where we take our from. So if I feel that somebody is in dire 
of that money I have to remove from each family. I'm going to hold on for the pain of each family because morally, my moral compass is telling me it is more ethical to give the money to the family in need than to give it to a rich man. Who knows? Maybe that when I give that poor family the money, they can send their children to school. Their children go to school now and become big things and can help the rich family to work their job. Not like so. And I mean,
But ladies and gentlemen, I hear my producer telling me that I'm over the hour. Joking, I'm over time. <laughs> so again, I leave you with another thought this week. Do you believe that morality is subjective? I want to hear your thoughts. Let me know. And thank you for coming to Psychological. Thank you for coming to Philosophical Talks. I'm your host, Carrie Medley, and I'm signing out. My people, welcome back to Philosophical Talks. I'm your host, Carrie Medley, and this week we're just going to have a short, spicy session as we wrap up or five episode series philosophical talks it's been a journey it has been a journey guys um but today we're gonna close out with something very important especially with what the current climate of the world in terms of people's rights and justice being served when those rights are abused okay so we're gonna talk about virtue and rights So let's start with the four cardinal virtues, which is prudence, temperance, courage, and my personal favorite, justice. So for those of you who don't know, prudence is action based on knowledge of right and wrong, basically hinting to our realism people, because it's based on moral reasoning, right? We have temperance, self-restraint in relation to pleasure and pain. How are you able, how well are you able to control yourself when um, you're feeling pleasure or you're feeling pain? Courage, I mean, when I saw courage, I thought about courage, the cowardly dog. (laughs) And it just hit me, um, the oxymoron there, you know, courage, the cowardly dog. His name is courage, but he's a cowardly dog. Love, I digress. Um... So courage, which has to do with taking risks and self-sacrifice. And my favorite, which is justice. Let justice be served, ladies and gentlemen. So justice, which has to do with personal character. Um, avoid vices of excess and defect. Equitable distribution of goods and might I add services. And you'll find out why I add services a little while down in the program so ladies and gentlemen it would be remiss of me not to talk about aristotelian 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 i apologize for my english scholars <laughs> so it would be remiss of me not to mention aristotelian virtue ethics <laughs> i'm sorry, just playing guys i'm just playing guys so you know It'd be remiss of me, actually, really and truly, to be talking about virtue without talking about Aristotle's point of view on it. So, for Aristotle, you know, I mean, this man, his mind, amazing. I'd like to have met him. I mean, I don't think I'll sit in the same room as him, because I doubt I'm as smart as him. But, you know, he's basically saying that humans exist for some purpose. I agree. There is some good at which our existence is in you know happiness purpose there is something 
we are here for a reason. But, you know, it's kind of, I feel like everything, everything has a purpose. A building has a purpose, which is to house things in, enclose, it's the enclosed things. A car has a purpose, which is to get you from place A to place B. So it, it's kind of dull. I don't want to use the word. Um, I want to use some word already. So I'll say it's kind of dull. It is kind of dumb to say that, you know, human beings do have a purpose. Everything around us has a purpose. Why would it be have a purpose? So Aristotle is based on saying the function of human beings is, a, is an activity of the soul. And the soul has two parts, the rational part and the irrational part. So virtue is therefore of two kinds, intellectual and moral, whereas intellectual virtue exercise in contemplation and concern the rational part of the soul. Moral virtues control the irrational part of the soul by habituating it to behavior in accordance with a rational thing. And I feel like that's a lot to soul, right? So virtue is concerned with means, the means by which we carry out our rational function as human beings. No, I can go on and on and read We're going to let's jump back to when we were talking about um, God and is, is, is this creation or is should this creation be evidence of the creator? And I feel like creator is goodness. And if we're going to follow the creation story where he blew light into our body, yada yada yada, that means that he blew a part of himself in us, essentially. And if his core is you gonna just chop up the soul like just like that like beer and be like oh one part rational one part irrational like and the way in which he he justifies it and and, and, and goes about it is as if it's if he's saying yes that's like the, the only reasonable course course to take like one has to be rational and one has to be irrational now i can understand why he's going to say one is rational one is irrational because he wants to give um he wants to give cause to why is it that we do some of the things that we do, why, do, why is it that we do rational things sometimes, and sometimes we make irrational choices. Do I like that? I, I do. But when he's, when, when he's, I don't know if you guys, let me just read it back for you. Because I read it before, but it says that virtue is concerned with means, the means by which we carry out our rational function as human beings. Who determines what our rational function as human beings is or are? 
you know so what I'm going to say that that means that that so if he's going to say that virtue is concerned with how we carry out our rational functions that means that somebody somewhere or something would have had to give us or tell us what our function what our rational function as human beings is or are so then that brings me back to what i was saying about the creator and if 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 we're if we're walking so we're walking this this course right if it is that we're going to say that god gave us our rational function how then can our soul which came from him be rational and irrational it's as if we're saying god is rational and irrational you know but on the flip side uh i can understand why he said that because basically he's saying that the, what the soul is yearning what the soul is yearning for is happiness and we're going to make rational and irrational choices to try and find happiness which i get but i would have just loved if he phrased it better you know what i mean I want to jump. I want to jump to right. Side. I want to jump to right because for me, that's that's kind of where this lecture really does So I'm gonna read here where she explained, you know, what rights are. Um, so rights dominate modern understandings of what actions are permissible and which institutions are da 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 da, -da just. Please remember that word right so it gives structure to the form of governments content of laws and the shape of contemporary so to accept a set of rights is to approve a distribution of freedom and authority and so to endorse a certain view of what may must and must not be done so let me let me read this part first Agents must claim slash accept that they have rights to freedom and well-being because they are necessary conditions of their action and successful action in general. Each agent must admit that all other agents have the same right they claim for themselves. It is established the existence of universal and ding 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 equal moral rights. Human rights must be accepted within the whole context of action or practice. The principle of general consistency, a supreme moral principle that every agent logically must accept, act in accord with the generic rights of your recipients as well as of yourself. So, I'ma just, you know, I'ma stop there. I'ma not read all of it. Because we're going to have a conversation for the next two minutes on this whole rights thing. Now, if we're going... This is a ethical. This is a ethics class and ethics in action. So let us look at the ongoing climate of the world as it relates to police, which are supposed to be just, which are supposed to be our guardians. They are supposed to uphold these laws, these rights of the people, and the whole Black Lives Matter racism 
right? So, if we're talking about rights, and remember, you know, we said that it is equal for all people. Where do, where, where, where does the system, where does the system go off? Well, let me not call it the system. Let me not call it the system. Where do the the arm in the system that is supposed to protect us and protect our rights go off in thinking that because I am black and you are white, you have different rights. First, that's even different. You have more rights than I do. How does that become ethical? And how is that moral? No, I remember watching the um, George Floyd trial. Why? Let me not say why is that trial. The law must run its course. Why is the trial taking so Why is the trial taking so long? Like, as in, isn't the evidence overwhelming? A police? It do, I don't know, guys. In my opinion, it doesn't matter what the situation is. First, the civil servant who is supposed to be upholding our rights. Where do you get off kneeling on me? Why is your body on my body after I've been detained? After I have been handcuffed? I'm on the ground. You are standing over me. A gun in your side and nothing in my side. I have no weapon. But you do. So how does the situation get to a place where your knee is in my neck and I end up there? You know, like, how do we morally and ethically justify a situation like that? Like, did did the principle that the rights of the people are equal to all did that fly through the window? Is that no more? Is that something that we're no longer um, looking at? You know, sometimes so. I, let's look here. Let's look at moral duties exist for the sake of the rights. Moral virtues characterize our beliefs concerning the value of certain actions. Thus, they presuppose the necessary conditions of action where are which are the objects of human rights. The contents of virtues involve the non-violation of human rights and the most important moral virtues are dispositions to act for the promotion of human rights. Goods are more general than human rights, but no goods can be morally justified if they violate human rights. Freedom and well-being are necessary for... Listen, guys, we can go on and on. But for me personally... I just, I don't know, the purpose of this podcast or this series is for me to personally reflect on what has been taught to me in a minimum of five episodes, right? And talk about how it makes me feel, how I understand it, um, etc. It's supposed to be a personal stance that I take on what is being taught to me. But to be honest, this really, really hit home for me, guys, because I wanted to go abroad for university.
university. I chose Bhakti and I was offered um, places, I was offered scholarships. I chose not to. Because racism racism scares me. Having my rights violated scares me. Police officers who are supposed to uphold rights who are supposed to be the most moral and ethical people in the world. Aside from our lawmakers and lawyers. And the police officers who act out It's one thing to learn about rights and virtues in class, but when I look in the real world, I feel like they're thrown out the window because, I don't know, I have very dark skin, so I can't hide the fact that I'm black. And when, when it's, going to, it's going to be a case where um, I don't see it as something that happens in the real world. And that's why for me I I kinda wish Aristotle was a bit more um explanatory or he extend his 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 claim was a bit more extensive when he's going to say the soul is between rational and irrational. I don't agree with him. More than just rationality and irrationality, I think there is so much more involved. People don't just act out of irrationality, like we do um, make irrational choices and stuff. But I think it's deeper than rational and irrationality. I think in saying that we lose uh, a bit, um, I don't know. I don't know guys, I'm probably just rambling here, but and I mean I know if you've listened to all my episodes, you know I talk a lot about, you know, 
or read from the slide and analyze and give you my points on what was that and what for this I, I just really can't do that because I don't know, I don't, don't think it makes sense. It doesn't make sense. And I don't know if this I don't know if this is not what I'm supposed to be talking about on the podcast guys. But it just doesn't make sense. How do we fix it? I guess it's a question that I want to leave with you guys. And just comment your thoughts. How do we fix it? How do we get people to wake up and realize that rights aren't just for you? You don't have more rights than me. We're that we're all people. And the same rights that apply to you that apply to me. And how do we get people to not make irrational choices? How do we, how do we put, how do we have this, the conversation of moral actions and ethical actions before something bad happens? You know, like not even during something bad happening, but before. So how do we prevent something bad happening by having the conversation of what is? I don't know. And sometimes I think the conversation is probably not even enough. This topic really it it hit home as I keep saying and it just kinda let me know people. But I'll leave you with a question. Do you think our society values our virtues? Do you think we have good virtues? Do you think we live by right or do we think we have rights? Do you think we live by the rights that will be set out for people or do we just blatantly take people's rights away or ignore the fact that people have the same rights that we do you know i want to hear your thoughts this is this is one thing that i really want to hear you guys thoughts on so comment down let me know what you think